now, broadcasting from behind enemy lines, deep in the trenches of the Patriot resistance, leading the charge in the battle for liberty, this is the Jason Veeley Program. Hello, my friends, Jason Veely here. This is the Jason Veely Program. The email address, the Jason Veely Program at gmail.com, the Jason Veely Program at gmail.com, or give us a call and leave a message, 860-266-2852 is the number, 860-266-2852. I want to thank you to everyone on TikTok and YouTube, other social media platforms who uh, wished me a happy birthday yesterday. Uh, I had a great day. Um, my fiance made an incredible cake. Uh, the The decorations were just fantastic, filled with lots of chocolate, uh, which I, I like. And uh, also, she incorporated a few small bottles of Jack Daniels, which I'm now realizing makes me sound like an alcoholic as I sit here behind the microphone. But I, uh, I promise you, I am not. Um, but, uh, it was a great cake, fun day, went out, uh, for dinner, um, with my fiance and, and my, my parents. Um, I also had a professional massage yesterday, uh, which was very nice. Um, I get, I get one of those about once or twice a year. Um, I know that some people, you know, athletes and so on and so forth get them actually pretty frequently. Um, I don't, I, I go, like I said, probably once or twice a year and, um, every time I go for some reason, it's just not, not the best. I mean, it feels like just, um, not, not like a professional massage should. So I went, uh, yesterday, my, my fiance got me uh, an hour long massage for, for my birthday. And thankfully it was, it was a pretty good one. So, uh, all in all, I had a great day, great birthday. I want to thank you all again for, for wishing me a happy birthday. Hard to believe I am 27 years old now, but here we are. All right, let's get into it. A lot to talk about tonight. Joe Biden has unveiled a $2 trillion infrastructure plan. He's given some details about it. Now, right off the bat, I just want to say that notice how we talk nowadays about when it comes to spending in the economy. We throw around trillion here trillion there. Oh, we're spending 2 trillion on this, 1.9 trillion on this. Trillion trillion like it's nothing. I I am at a point where I almost genuinely believe that Democrats think money grows on trees. That they believe that we just have like an unlimited amount. I'm only half joking. I'm only half joking. That's the scary part. So we have this 2 trillion dollar infrastructure plan from Joe Biden that's on top of the $1.9 trillion coronavirus bill from a few weeks ago that really had nothing to do with the coronavirus, mind you. Now, Breitbart came out with a full list of um, specific items that are in this $2 trillion plan. Um, I, I believe they outlined like 45 different items. You can go check it out for yourself. They They had a great article on it, but some of the things of note, $174 billion for electric vehicle markets. That is uh, an investment into the electric vehicle uh, uh, industry. 
why we need to be investing in that is beyond me. Um, because we all know fossil fuels are much more reliable than electric, no matter what the left tries to tell us. Uh, $115 billion for roads, bridges, and highways, which somehow I find hard to believe will actually be going towards roads, bridges, and highways. Um, that's just me. $50 billion uh, in semiconductor research. A semiconductor is, you know, I'm no engineer or or I really don't know too too many technical things, ladies and gentlemen, but from what I understand, a, a semiconductor is... Um, it's it's almost like a circuit board type thing. It's something like that. That's the extent of my knowledge on it. I really don't know too much about it uh, at all, truth be told. But the point is, why we're spending $50 billion to research something like this is beyond me. Especially when we're already, what, how many trillions of dollars in debt? $25 billion for airports. We're always bailing them out. $10 billion to, quote, ensure employers are providing workers with good jobs. Now, if someone can explain to me how spending $10 billion from taxpayer money can ensure that employers are providing workers with good jobs, I don't really see how the two go together. How does spending money help accomplish that goal? I don't get it. I'm sure many of you listening are scratching your heads right now. Of course you are, because we're talking about things that don't make any sense. Liberals don't make any uh, make any sense. Ten billion dollars uh, for investments in civilian climate cores. Um, it, it just goes on and on. Two trillion dollar infrastructure plan from Joe Biden. Now, he, pay, uh, he plans to pay for this through enormous tax hikes, bringing the uh, corporate uh, income tax rate up, for example, from, I believe, 21% to 28%. Uh, if, if my memory serves me correctly, I think when Trump took office, just to put it into context, it was around 35%, and he brought it all the way down to 21 And now Biden wants to take it back up to 28% because... He apparently thinks that having a higher corporate tax rate will make America more attractive uh, to um, foreign investments, will bring jobs to our country. I, I don't know. I don't know. But that's what he's doing. Go after the rich, tax the rich, make them pay their fair share. Um, instituting a, an estate tax and so on and so forth. Tax hikes. Tax hikes. He says on anyone making $400,000 a year, that turned out not to be true. It's actually um, a, a broader range of people than that. It doesn't exclusively apply to people making 400000 And, of course, we know that when you tax the rich, the, the trickle-down effects are devastating for um, millions of Americans who don't uh, consider themselves wealthy or, or rich. But Joe Biden's going to do it anyway. He's going to raise taxes anyway. He's going to go after the rich anyway. Uh, because, well, we have to pay for this $2 trillion infrastructure plan somehow, don't you know? But then you have people like AOC. AOC. Now, it's my understanding that she doesn't like 
when conservatives call her that. I'm not quite sure why. I'm going to call it call her that anyway, AOC. That is uh, Ocasio-Cortez. Um, she says that Joe Biden isn't going far enough. She says that Joe Biden isn't going far enough, that this infrastructure spending uh, needs to be bigger, needs to be more. Can you believe that? Can you believe that? She took the Twitter. She made her position very clear. She said, this isn't going to be enough. This needs to be way bigger. More spending, more government. Isn't that always the answer with the libs? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. But it's not just her. No, it's not just her, ladies and gentlemen. Article from the Washington Gazette. Democrats introduced bill demanding zero emission mandates and climate justice programs. Can someone tell me what in the hell a climate justice program is? Back when I was in school, we just had social justice to worry about. You know, when a professor would walk into the classroom, okay, today we're going to learn about social justice. Now we got climate justice too? I mean... Again, the Washington Gazette, progressive Democrats have unveiled their new legislative infrastructure proposal that contains many aspects of the Green New Deal, including funding for wind and solar, zero emissions mandates, and climate justice programs. The total price tag is $10 trillion. President Biden's team has announced, uh, had announced plans earlier for an infrastructure bill Um, but liberal representatives in the House do not think that goes far enough and have instead introduced their own bill. So this is a counter to what Joe Biden is doing. Joe Biden comes out with this $2 trillion plan, and we have liberal morons like AOC and others in the House who say it's not enough. Here's what you should be doing instead. And so they come out, with a $10 trillion plan. It's unbelievable. Unbelievable. As Fox Business reports, the measure known as the Transform, Heal, and Renew by Investing in a Vibrant Economy Act, that's the full name, the Transform, Heal, and Renew by Investing in a Vibrant Economy Act, also known as Thrive, which is ironic because should this pass, it'll allow Americans to do anything but thrive, anything but heal, Um, aims to make a series of sweeping changes to the nation's infrastructure and echoes many aspects of the Green New Deal, including establishing a goal of 100% zero carbon electricity by 2035, zero emissions from new buildings by 2025, That's in four years, folks. And expanding clean public transit options to most Americans by 2030. Now, so those are their goals with regards to climate change. How do you think they're going to accomplish those goals? Well, the only possible way, ladies and gentlemen, the only possible way that they can accomplish those goals is through coercion, right? running people out of business, millions of people who work in the fossil fuel industry. 
coal, natural gas, and so on and so forth. Running them out of business. The oil industry, running them out of business. And it's like, it's like they don't even give a damn, ladies and gentlemen. See, this is the double talk from the left. They talk about, well, we're being, you know, we're for the people. We're for the people. The name of their bill, the Transform, Heal, and Renew. Who is this healing? What is this healing? This is going to cause nothing but damage. Nothing but devastation. Nothing but job loss. 100% zero carbon electricity. Zero emissions from new buildings. Do they understand the consequences of these regulations? No, they don't. No, they don't. It also focuses heavily on racial inequality. Well, of course it does. Directing at least 40% of federal government investments to communities that have been excluded, oppressed, and harmed by racist, unjust practices, including communities of color and low-income neighborhood neighborhoods. Ed Markey, Democrat from Massachusetts, said during a news conference, quote, We are facing a series of intersecting crises, climate change, a public health pandemic, racial injustice, and economic inequality. Now, you'll notice that he didn't mention the border, by the way. That's not a crisis. No, no, no. The, the, the migrants coming up to the southern border are detention centers at like 700% capacity. No, that's not a crisis. We got to address climate change. Because the climate has increased by two degrees over over the last uh, several decades, don't you know? We got to do something. We can't defeat any of these crises alone, he said. We must develop a roadmap for recovery that addresses them all. I, Folks, what's amazing to me is there seems to be a competition among the Democrat Party right now for who can go further left. That's what's going on. You have Joe Biden, who already is a radical, spending a trillion here, a trillion there. Today he announces details for his $2 trillion infrastructure plan, which I look at and I say that's horrible. That's going to lead to more debt. It's going to damage... uh, opportunity or or infringe upon opportunities for future generations. That's the way I see it. Many Democrats, however, like AOC and others, say it's not it doesn't go far enough. Here's what we really need to do. And then they 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 raise the bar. They come up with a ten trillion dollar plan to address, you know, economic injustice and racial injustice and climate change and all the rest. Un- unbelievable, isn't it? Where, when will this end? When will this end? And again, today we talk about trillion like it's nothing. But it it uh, it is something, obviously. It's going to have an enormous impact on Americans of today and Americans of tomorrow, especially Americans of tomorrow. And, you know, here's another point. We all know that Joe Biden is 
kind of like Plato, right? I mean, the guy is easily molded, easily uh, kind of manipulated um, by his colleagues on the left. Um, and so my, my fear, folks, is if this pattern continues of A, Joe Biden introducing a plan, and B, liberals in Congress responding by saying it doesn't go far enough, Joe Biden is going to buckle to them. And over the course of the next four years, grow more and more radical, go more further and further to the left. I think that's what's going to happen. He's going to succumb to the pressure. He's probably not even going to see it as pressure because really not so deep down, Joe Biden is a radical leftist too. So, oh, you guys want me to go further? All right, say less. I'll go further to the left. I'll spend an, another few trillion dollars here, a few trillion dollars there. What's the what's the big deal? And where are the Republicans, by the way? Where are they? You know, I I read an article. Um, can't remember which one. But McConnell, in so many words, responded to Joe Biden's infrastructure plan, the $2 trillion uh, plan, by saying something along the lines of, you know, I don't think many on, the, many on our side will go for this. I don't think Republicans will really go for this. Uh, okay, nothing else? Nothing else, McConnell? That's it? My point, folks, is it's not going to be enough to simply reject what liberals are doing. It's not going to be enough to simply say Republicans oppose this. Republicans oppose that. We need to get out in front of the American people and make our case. We need to make our case for liberty. We need to communicate to the American people that what the liberal Democrats are doing is horrific, maniacal. We need to make the case and clearly communicate the message that Democrats are destroying this country for future generations. Burying future generations under piles and piles of debt for from spending on various government programs and so forth, climate change and and green this and green that and infrastructure and we got to repair the roads and we need to make sure that we have racial justice and, and, and all the rest. Mountains of debt enslaving future generations. Us Republicans need to point the, fi- uh, the finger at them, expose what they're doing, and communicate just how devastating it is. We need to make the case to the American people. And, and, we need to provide them with an alternative. An alternative. We need to communicate that we're the ones that are looking to the future. That want to preserve the American dream for future generations. Preserve opportunity. The liberals are crushing that opportunity. 
Why aren't more Republicans making that clear? Why aren't more Republicans coming forward with that message? Liberty is a very, very convincing concept, ladies and gentlemen. It really is. But yet you don't see people like McConnell or many more Republican leaders talking about freedom, talking about liberty, or how the liberals stand against it. I'm just asking why. Why? You know, on this topic of debt, folks, you know our founding fathers despised the notion of debt? Despised it. They believed that debt was to be avoided at all costs. It wasn't just something that is just kind of commonly accepted like it is today. They were very much against it. Before I take a break, I want to leave you with a few quotes from our framers. Thomas Jefferson said, We must not let our rulers load us with perpetual debt. Thomas Jefferson said that. And yet, what are we doing? We're doing just that. Hamilton. Quote, Nothing can more affect national prosperity than a constant and systematic attention to extinguish the present debt and to avoid as much as possible the incurring of any new debt. Mm-hmm. George Washington, quote, Avoid occasions of expense and avoid likewise the accumulation of debt not only by shunning occasions of expense but by vigorous ex- exertions to discharge the debts not throwing upon posterity the burden which we ourselves ought to bear. So he's saying, avoid the accumulation of debt by turning away from opportunities to spend more, actively shunning occasions of, of, of expense. And he's also arguing that there needs to be an effort to discharge debts, to get rid of them, to pay them off. Is there any effort underway right now in our government here in 2021? No, there's not. No, there's not. Few more. James Madison. I go on the principle that a public debt is a public curse. And a Republican and in a Republican government, a greater curse than any other. See, they despise it, folks. They would be appalled at where we are today. Appalled. John Adams, the consequences arising from the continual accumulation of public debts in our countries ought to admonish us to be careful to prevent their growth in our own. And finally, one of the most compelling quotes, I would argue, is from Ben Franklin. When you run in debt, you give to another power over your liberty. So Ben Franklin was drawing a a connection between debt and liberty, or lack thereof. That is, more debt equals less liberty. 
Amazing, huh, folks? They these men were visionaries. And they they're it's incredible to me how accurate their quotes are and how relevant they are to this day. We got to do something. We got to make our message clear. I'll be right back. This is the Jason Veely program. Conservatives, how many times have you been called a racist by someone on the left? What about sexist, bigoted, homophobic, xenophobic, right-wing radical extremist? These are all buzzwords that liberals use as a means of labeling conservatives as something that they're not. And let me tell you something, I, like most of you, am getting pretty damn sick of it. That's why I started my own conservative comedy series, Living with a Liberal. Hosted on the popular video sharing app TikTok, Living with a Liberal features two fictional characters, played by yours truly, whose political differences could not be more obvious. It's a comedic take on the modern-day liberal Democrat, because if they can brand us as racists and bigots, we can brand them as triggered, oversensitive snowflakes. Check out Living with a Liberal today on TikTok. Just search Jason Veely and you'll be taken right to my homepage. I have over a hundred episodes on there, so you won't be short on content anytime soon. Enjoy. Are you a pissed off liberal that wants to give me a piece of your mind? Or maybe you're a conservative that simply has a question or comment. Either way, you should know that there's a few different ways you can reach me. Feel free to send me an email at thejasonveelyprogram at gmail.com. Or, if you prefer, you can also call the show number and leave me a voicemail, 860-266-2852. Be sure to provide your name and where you're writing or calling from. Thanks a lot. I look forward to hearing from you. Let me ask you guys a question. What do you think would happen if the entire country, right now, with the snap of a finger, returned to normalcy? That is, returned to how our country was, for example, six months before COVID hit. What would happen? What would happen if every single governor, the president of the United States, everybody said, okay, no more mask mandates Everything opens back up. People can go back to work. What would happen? I'd imagine the answer from many liberal Democrats would be uh, something apocalyptic. That is, they would say, well, everything would go to hell. Uh, You know, millions and millions of people would die. Uh, It would be grim. We would never recover. Um, And then they'd find some way to make it about race. But honestly, ladies and gentlemen, and I thought about this when I was, you know, writing down my notes for the show. What would happen? What would happen if we immediately went back to to normalcy? COVID's still here, but we opened everything back up. To be honest, folks, I don't think it's as apocalyptic as many on the left 
might tell us. I really don't. I don't think it would be as bad as many people argue it would be. I And the, the reason I think that is for a few different reasons, but one of the primary reasons is because I don't buy into the fear-mongering. I don't buy into the fear-mongering. I think in many instances the COVID numbers have been inflated. I'm not saying it's not real. Um, but I think that it is... It has been, like I was saying in yesterday's show, it's been politicized and and exploited by the left. It has been. And um, the the media has taken it and generated this mass hysteria for the last year and gotten everyone worked up over a virus with, like, what is it, a 98, 99% survival rate? Here's the reason I bring this up. Because I saw this article published on uh, the Daily Wire. Listen to this. Very interesting. It's been nearly a month since Texas governor lifted the mask mandate. And COVID cases continue to fall. Gee, how about that, folks? How about that? You know. People like Governor Newsom out in California and Joe Biden were praying that Texas would experience a spike after Governor Abbott lifted the mask mandate. You know that they were praying for this because then they'd be able to come out here and say, I told you so, we need to wear masks for the next 10 years. But that's not what's happening, is it? Daily Wire, nearly a month after Governor Governor Greg Abbott announced he was lifting the state's mask mandate, new daily cases in the Lone Star State continue on a downward trend, once again beating expert, quote-unquote, predictions of dire consequences. Yeah, those experts. They always get it right, don't they, folks? Those experts out there. You know, I'm, I am... Always very, very cautious and skeptical of anyone that, you know, calls himself, oh, I'm an expert. Experts say this. Experts say that. Whenever I see that in an article or I hear it in the news, I immediately am turned off. Because the experts, quote unquote, have gotten it wrong so many damn times before. Like right now, when Abbott announced the end to the mask mandate. Texas's seven-day average for new cases was at 7,259. For a seven-day period of time, the average for new cases was 7,259. That was at the beginning of uh, the, the end to the mask mandate, about a month ago. Now, it's roughly half that. So the number's been cut in half. That means that now, over a seven-day period, they're not having nearly as many new cases in Texas as they were before they lifted the mask mandate. How could this be, folks? How could this be? You lift the mask mandate, and instead of cases spiking, they drop. They're cut in half. What a concept, huh? What a concept. Now, you know. You know 
You'll never hear this on, on, uh, in the mainstream media. You'll never hear this story covered by CNN or MSNBC or CBS or any of them. You'll never hear it because it doesn't fit their agenda. It doesn't fit their agenda. But it's what's going on. Amazing, isn't it? Writer Drew Holden pointed out the statistics on Twitter, noting that, quote, when you look at mainstream media coverage about how Texas's decision was going to be a disaster, for some reason nearly all the stories are from the first week of March, and there haven't been really any since mid-March before the predictions uh, came due. And yeah, you know what? I'd like to call out people like Joe Biden for a minute who I believe called uh, this, what was it, Neanderthal thinking when Abbott decided to lift the mask mandate? Oh, it's just Neanderthal thinking. Yeah, yeah. Then he goes on to trip up the stairs three times like an idiot. Neanderthal thinking. Yeah? Look what's happening, you dope. Look what's happening. I'd also like to call out Governor Newsom, that radical socialist from California who also called out uh, Abbott's decision. He used the phrase, oh, it's absolutely reckless, completely reckless. You owe Abbott an apology too, you jerk. Absolutely reckless, my ass. What do you think of this? You gonna pay any attention to it? Probably not. Probably not. That's right, because you're too busy over in California trying to avoid a recall. Right? By all those white, those, you know, white nationalists, right-wing extremists. Gavin Newsom, that joke. And just the media in general. All piling on Greg Abbott for this, oh my god, I can't believe he's doing this, lifting the mask mandate. Does he want people to die? Are any of these people going to offer an apology? No, they're not. You know why? Because they're frauds. And let me say something else. I find it hysterical, in a sad sort of way, how liberals aren't celebrating this. They're not celebrating this, are they? This should be something that is good news, right? Good news. We have an example of a state who lifted the mask mandate and actually saw new cases go down. Cut in half. The, I mean, the 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 uh, that's pretty significant, folks. That the implications of this are huge. Why aren't liberal Democrats celebrating? Why aren't they? Because they don't like this. That's the truth. They don't like this. They don't like it at all. They hate that there is now a prime example of an entire state lifting the mask mandate and actually seeing new cases go down significantly as a result. This is the type of story that they try to bury. This is the type of story that hurts their narrative. And so even though they should be celebrating this. They're not going to. 
because they're frauds. That's the damn truth. Now, I want to get to this too. Some more good news regarding COVID. Yeah, I know that's not not a very uh, common sentence. More good news re- regarding COVID. But, um, you know, we do like to share some good news stories, too, on this program. Some some things that'll, that'll boost your morale, so to speak. Newsmax.com reporting that Republicans are pushing back against COVID-19 vaccine passports. It's good news. It's good news. Whenever I see... Th- this is the sort of thing that inspires me, folks. When I see other Republicans out there fighting the good fight pushing back. I love this kind of stuff. This is the kind of thing that keeps me returning to the microphone every Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. Republicans at federal and state levels are protesting the potential use of vaccine passports to give people access to certain facilities, activities, and events. Again, this is from Newsmax. Piece written by Charlie McCarthy. New York last week became the first state to formally launch a virtual pass, which proponents say helps revitalize businesses that face tough restrictions during the pandemic. The Biden administration announced that decision that decisions on such proof of coronavirus vaccination largely will be left up to local governments and business owners, so other states, counties, and cities undoubtedly will address the issue. In Florida, Governor Ron DeSantis, who is phenomenal, has urged his state's GOP-controlled legislature to pass a law forbidding documentation showing proof of vaccination. So he's saying, not only are we not going to require vaccine passports, what a stupid name, by the way, we're going to create a law that says they're forbidden. They're outlawed. You can't create vaccine passports. That's the damn way it should be. At least that's the way it should be in my America. He also vowed to take executive action if need be. Congressional Republicans also have blasted the passports, calling them invasive. Representative Lauren Boebert of Colorado tweeted that, quote, Vaccine passports are unconstitutional. Proof of vaccination supporters have said such passports will help stimulate businesses hardest hit by the pandemic. They include travel and entertainment. Yeah, I'd love some more details on this, by the way. Are these passports like, for example, if I want to go to a concert this summer, am I going to have to show a passport? If so, that's absolutely ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. If I want to, uh, you know, in a few months, return to um, return on site for my job or future jobs that I might have, am I going to need a passport for that? If so, that's ridiculous. It is unconstitutional. The cruise lines, uh, let's see, who was this? Reading here. Uh, Well, you get the point. Anyone else of interest? Ned Lamont of Connecticut apparently might be pursuing 
a similar pass in the coming months. Other, go- other Republican governors have joined DeSantis in saying they do not support such passports. Governor uh, Christy Nome of uh, South Dakota criticized the Biden administration for, quote, one of the most un-American ideas in our nation's history. Mm-hmm. It's true. She tweeted that Monday night. God, I hope my state of Connecticut doesn't doesn't implement these things. Government overreach much? Absolutely. Absolutely. But, ladies and gentlemen, again, this is the sort of thing that fires me up. This is the sort of thing when I see other Republicans out there fighting the good fight, standing up for what is right, standing up for the Constitution and freedom, gives me hope in these dark times. I'll be right back. Conservatives, how many times have you been called a racist by someone on the left? What about sexist, bigoted, homophobic, xenophobic, right-wing radical extremist? These are all buzzwords that liberals use as a means of labeling conservatives as something that they're not. And let me tell you something, I, like most of you, am getting pretty damn sick of it. That's why I started my own conservative comedy series, Living with a Liberal. Hosted on the popular video-sharing app TikTok, Living with a Liberal features two fictional characters, played by yours truly, whose political differences could not be more obvious. It's a comedic take on the modern-day liberal Democrat, because if they can brand us as racists and bigots, we can brand them as triggered, oversensitive snowflakes. Check out Living with a Liberal today on TikTok. Just search Jason Veely and you'll be taken right to my homepage. I have over 100 episodes on there, so you won't be short on content anytime soon. Enjoy. Are you a pissed off liberal that wants to give me a piece of your mind? Or maybe you're a conservative that simply has a question or comment. Either way, you should know that there's a few different ways you can reach me. Feel free to send me an email at thejasonveelyprogram at gmail.com. Or if you prefer, you can also call the show number and leave me a voicemail. 860-266-2852. Be sure to provide your name and where you're writing or calling from. Thanks a lot. I look forward to hearing from you. Mike and Crystal. Hey Mike, have you heard of the Jimmy Z Show? Yeah, Crystal. The Jimmy Z Show is awesome. Which topic do you like most? I like them all. They are all lots of fun. Do you have a favorite? I just like Jimmy Z. His voice is so hot. Okay, but what about his politics? What politics? The politics he talks about on the Jimmy Z Show. I never noticed any politics. All I hear is the velvety smooth dulcet tone of Jimmy Z's sizzling, sexy, scintillating voice. Holy mackerel. The Jimmy Z Show. The Jimmy Z Show is available on Facebook, Twitter, Spotify, and iTunes. I'm Donald J. Trump, and I approve this message. Well, folks, we have another example here of... uh, Big tech censorship of conservative values and ideas. Uh, Laura Trump, who is Donald Trump's uh, daughter-in-law, married to Eric Trump, has a view, uh, an online conservative talk show called uh, The Right View. The Right View. I've never heard of it, um, but actually I was 
watching some of it earlier today, and she sounds pretty pretty damn good. So um, might be something to check out. But anyway, she did an interview with uh, her father-in-law, Donald Trump, uh, last night. And the video was posted to Facebook and Instagram, each of which took the video down for ridiculous reasons. You know what those reasons are? Because, quote, it featured Trump speaking, and, quote, it had the voice of Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. So those two reasons are alone are enough to get a video taken down by Facebook or, uh, or Instagram. A site moderator sent a warning in the form of an email to Laura Trump last night saying that, quote, we are reaching out to let you know that we removed content from Laura Trump's Facebook page that featured President Trump speaking. Oh, God forbid. In line with the block we placed on Donald Trump's Facebook and Instagram accounts, further content posted in the voice of Donald Trump will be removed and result in additional limitations on the accounts. And then Laura Trump uh, (laughs) responded, Quote, uh, and just like that, we are one step closer to George Orwell's 1984. Wow. Yeah, we are. Yeah, we absolutely are. So Instagram, Facebook took it down. Even though it wasn't Donald Trump's account, just the fact that he's blocked on those two platforms, Instagram and Facebook, for dumb reasons. Um, I, I really can't think of a reason, a legitimate reason, other than liberals are... Uh, whiny crybabies who are too sensitive to uh, to hear uh, opposing viewpoints, um, not the least of which are from Donald Trump. But I digress. That's what's going on. And so the video was taken down. It was a great interview, by the way. I did watch all of it. Um, it was still posted online. Uh, Newsmax uh, was was able to uh, publish the the full interview. I encourage you to watch it. Um, again, the headline is Facebook, Instagram, censor Trump interview video off platforms. Published by Newsmax uh, earlier today. Take a listen if if uh, you get a chance. For now, though, I do have some sound bites I want to get to from Donald Trump in this interview. Because here at the Jason Veeley program, we absolutely believe in free speech. And while this may uh, not be appropriate for Facebook or Instagram, uh, it's absolutely appropriate here. Here's cut one, Donald Trump, from this interview with Laura Trump last night, talking first about the hypocrisy surrounding um, Joe Biden falling on the ramp, the hypocrisy from the mainstream media. Listen. It it was actually a little upsetting as an American to see him trip up the stairs so many times. But the media coverage of that versus the way they covered you— Every year being obsessed with your physical. I remember when you were at West Point walking down a, a slippery slope. A, a, you know, there were no handles on either side. I know you had slippery shoes on. So you took your time to go down for a week straight. All they talked about was, are you fit to be president That's of the right. United States? Which we know is absolutely ridiculous. Yep. But they haven't given the same treatment or scrutiny to Joe Biden when it comes to that. Um, I think Americans are a little bit frustrated by that, and I think we should be demanding transparency, especially when it does come to the health of the president of the United States. Well, you know, when you do speeches, you sort of know if you did well or not well or however it is. And I think I made my best speech, or certainly one of them at West Point. And it's pouring, raining, 
beautiful but raining, and it, it's wet, and it was just a sheet of steel. No pleats in it, no nothing. Nothing. And it was like an ice skating rink. And the last thing I wanted to do was go down. And I saw that, and, I, and they had no railings, really brilliantly, you know, put up. Whoever put it up ought to be ashamed of themselves. So I'm next to a general who has big rubber shoes on, and a good guy, by the way, the commandant. And I say, General, I'm not grabbing you, but I may have to grab you because this is a sheet of ice. <laughs> so I went down inch by inch like this. I should have just run down the stairs. You could They have. made such a big deal, yeah. and they never covered my speech. That was, I thought, one of the best speeches. And I never, they never covered the speech. Never even discussed it. I didn't see it. All they do is they have me walking down inch by inch down this ramp. I said, the next time have stairs, please. And <laughs> it was one of those things. And, but they covered that for weeks. Yep. And this guy falls down three times. He couldn't get up the third time. He didn't know where the hell he was. <laughs> and it was not on the evening news, other than a couple of networks. Yep. But it wasn't on ABC, CBS, NBC, I don't think. And it got almost no coverage. That's right. No scrutiny. You didn't hear the liberals asking, is Joe Biden fit to be president? Is Joe Biden in good mental health? None of that. But Donald Trump, he takes a little fall or almost falls on a very, very slippery ramp with no rails, in the middle of rain. And the liberals for two weeks are asking, is he mentally fit to be president? I mean, if that's not an example of liberal bias in the media, what is? That's why we call them fake news. All right, here's cut to Donald Trump talking about social media platforms. I'm getting word out by using press releases. I put it out by a press release and everybody's picking it up. It's more elegant as a, you know, president, et cetera, et cetera. It's a, to me, it's more elegant. I think it's getting the word out about the same. You do less of it because, you know, it's a little bit... And you can do longer. You can make it a little bit longer. Not Mm -hmm. that it should be that much longer. Usually it doesn't have to be too much longer. But you can do it longer. And I think we're getting the word out. And in addition, I'm looking at, you know, everybody wants me to be on the site because we had 90 million people on one. We had, I think, 36 million people on POTUS. Uh, We had sites of 10 uh, that doesn't include Facebook. And then we had one of the biggest on Facebook, maybe the biggest, but one of the biggest on Facebook. So we had, you know, 200 million people, I guess, or more. Mm-hmm. So everybody wants me to go in their site because the problem is they have sites, but they have no people. And uh, Twitter has gotten very boring because I can see Twitter anytime Because you're I gone. Want. They no, miss no. you. Well, it's, it's said to <laughs> have gotten sucks, very boring. By the way. And a lot of people are leaving Twitter. But it's, got, it's become boring and, and uh, really uh, not the point of view is terrible. Uh, and people are leaving Twitter. A lot of people yeah. are leaving Twitter. So I think there's room for something, and I bring a lot of people with me. But well, we'll see. I, I must tell you, I love what we're doing now. I'll put a statement or two out, or three or five, but I'll do them in a day. And I'll just dictate something out, write it out, put it out. And I do it in the form of a press release. It gets picked up by everybody. So maybe we don't even need social media. You're going well, to go don't, this Well, I don't perhaps. think we do. And I may be wrong, but I don't think we do. But I think social media has become so corrupt that people aren't believing it anymore, really. I mean, a lot of it has become very, very corrupt. It's really become like the media itself, very corrupt. Corrupt to the core. Politicized to the core. Absolutely correct. Absolutely correct. All right, here's Trump 
on the border crisis. Take a listen. Look at our borders. Look what ha- well, look Terrible. what's happening. We had the borders the best they've ever been. The wall could have been finished in a very short period of time, a matter of weeks. Just close up the little sections that we had to leave open to bring equipment back, et cetera, et cetera. And the wall could have been finished so quickly. The wall is the best thing. It's, it, we built almost 500 miles of wall, and it's been a tremendous success. And all they have to do is finish it up. Now, you can put security there, and you have it fine, but the wall is better than anything you can do. It's really worked. But we have the best southern border in terms of what we're talking about that we've ever had. And in one day, he said, everybody come up. And once he said that, what's going on now is nothing compared to what's going to take place during the summer. Mm -hmm. During the summer, you're going to see things that nobody's ever seen before. It's very upsetting, very hard to see. Well, it's very dangerous. And it's very bad for our country. And they're destroying our country. They are. I I think I read uh, a report that predicted that this summer we could reach up to 25,000 child migrants a day which is shocking absolutely shocking Uh, I believe that's the the correct figure I could be a little off but um, the, the point is what Trump said there is absolutely correct it's going to it's going to skyrocket throughout the summer this is going to continue And last but not least, a clip uh, about Donald Trump briefly talking about the fraud in the election. And he's asked, hey, you're going to run again in 2024? Listen. Then you go home and you watch the results. And at 1030, the election was over. We won. And then at three o'clock in the morning, you say, what happened? And then you look at these massive dumps where you're going. You look at the votes and then you have these massive dumps. Uh, No, it was uh, corrupt fraudulent election well that brings me to my final question for you the beginning of this interview i said this is one thing everyone always asks me the other question people all want to know and i know you're not ready to answer it yet but do we have hope that there's a possibility to see donald trump run again in 2024 you do have hope that i can tell you (laughs) all right you have hope Uh, we love our country this country uh we all owe a lot to our country, but now we have to help our country. And we were there. We were so, so good. What we did with Iran, what we did with China, mm-hmm. we were all set to do some great things. And then you see what's going on right now. China treated our representatives last week with such, in Alaska, with such mm-hmm. tremendous disrespect. They never talked to me that way. Uh, you look at North Korea. I got along with Kim Jong-un. And for four years, we had no problem. I mean, I was told by President Obama and everybody else that North Korea was our biggest problem. We're going to end up in war with North Korea if that group stayed in. And for four years, we had no problem with North Korea. Now, all of a sudden, you see the problem is starting again. No, we have a great country. We have to help our country. And so we may see a Trump run again in 2024. Stay tuned, ladies and gentlemen. Well, I want to say, say thank you so much for joining us here. We are honored. You were the first, this is the first interview you have done on camera since you left office. Oh. Um, I did call in a favor for this one directly from you. So okay. thank you for joining us. <laughs> um, and we hope that you will come back soon. And we hope to, uh, to hear from you on either a press release or a social media outlet very soon. Good. Thank you very much. Thank you. I'll see you in a little while. <laughs> I miss this man. I really do. And I hope he does run again in 2024. Uh, 
like to make a little correction. I said 25,000 child migrants uh, a day. I meant to say a month. Um, that's what's being predicted. Uh, that is to say, um, there's been reports, official predictions, that uh, over the summer, child migrants coming to the southern border could reach 25,000 a month, not a day. So just a little disclaimer there. But uh, but there you go. There's Donald Trump's interview with Laura Trump from uh, last night. Maybe censored on Facebook and Instagram, but... Uh, We don't do censorship here at the Jason Feely program, especially when it comes to people like Donald Trump, true American patriots. All right, my friends, I'll be back tomorrow night. Thanks for listening. God bless. God save this great nation.